0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 164. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today, I am speaking to you and recording in Brooklyn, New York, before I head out to London and Europe later tonight. I'm so excited to go back to Europe. It has been fun to be in the States, but I have really, really loved my time exploring there and eventually to get to other parts of the world in the months to come as well. So I'm so excited to get back on the road into foreign lands, if you will. As you're listening to this right now, I'm currently in London, and I'll be heading to my next stop in Europe, which I've not yet been to before, I'll share where that is exactly at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for where I'm heading next. As I'm returning to Europe, I've been thinking a lot this week about what life has been like before and after this experience, and especially how life was different in the US before and how it's different now, even being here because I don't have a house to you know, settle me into a routine immediately after coming back to a culture I'm very familiar with. So as I'm looking at my new, I guess you could call it a lifestyle, this digital nomad lifestyle, I'm realizing that travel, and just generally speaking, how I've approached Europe, has been simpler and more difficult of a lifestyle than my previous lifestyle was. Before, I would say it was easier and more complicated. And I think it's really interesting to see the duality here, to say that it is simpler and more difficult, or before it was easier and more complicated. You would think I would say that it would be more difficult and more complicated and easier and simpler, but no, they have their own interesting challenges. I'm going to go into what those were and how you could also apply this to your own life, even if you are very settled with very stable roots in the U.S. or somewhere else. Hopefully, this will be an interesting thought-provoking exploration as to what is most important to us and how can we deliberately shape our lives for the values that we have and keep exploring and growing in our current circumstances. So for the explanation of what is simpler and more difficult about this life, here's what I've found in the shifts that I've made, which obviously are more dramatic and more apparent and visually easy to see the difference in than maybe other people's experiences. But hopefully this will kind of nail home how I've shifted and then how it could be shifted given other circumstances. So it is simpler in that I only listened to one music album on the trip. I have focused on one spiritual teaching on the trip. I've only had three small bags of possessions. I've been going with the flow and don't plan very far ahead. I actually just decided where I'm going to stay next week, this week, a few days ago. And I haven't even bought the Airbnb or the tickets or figured out how I'm even going to get there yet. That'll happen after I'm done recording this episode. Also, I've watched almost no TV and consumed extremely limited amounts of media. I've batched non-urgent emails a few weeks apart. And these shifts have made my day-to-day life extremely simple in so many ways. I don't have to think about what I'm gonna wear too much because I only have so many options to begin with. And I don't have to think too much about what I have to do each day because I have simplified things in this way. However, it also has been more challenging in other ways. The difficult parts, first of all, language barriers in different countries is something that you're dealing with more often than you might think. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of English speaking in different cultures, but even just wanting to be cognizant and respectful of the cultures, you're learning new languages, you're trying to speak in the languages that you're in. So as you travel around, that is constantly kind of shifting your brain from saying obrigada to gracias to merci, even just the thank yous. I notice it takes me about 48 hours to get out of the last thank you habit that I've had from the last culture I was last in, even when I get to a new culture. So you'll definitely hear me saying obrigada in Spain and for like the first two days and then saying gracias in Portugal (laughs) when I should be really saying obrigada. So that kind of thing, the language barriers and just thinking about language is something that's more difficult when you're in different cultures all the time understanding travel rules and the ways that customs work. So for example, train tickets in London, you have to keep the ticket and you use it in order to get out of the station as well. In the US or in Italy, that could be easily tempted to just want to throw away a paper ticket. They check them. In London, you can't get out of the station if you don't insert the ticket on your way out, which is totally different than how the US approaches things. So figuring out what those rules are, learning and then remembering to use them as you're traveling week to week to different places can be a little bit of something you have to stay on top of. It's more difficult. Also, constantly readjusting to a new normal in each city is more difficult. Knowing where you can get your groceries is more difficult because it's different at every place. Knowing where is the route that you're gonna take to get to wherever you need to go is more difficult because you're constantly learning new things. And then of course, no consistent routine is more difficult than having a routine because routine inherently builds ease into your life. And then also a lot of time being alone, that is more difficult than having a support network that is already set into the daily existence of your life. And then I have two more here. One is that it's not as easy to communicate with people back home. Time zone differences and my previous crappy phone plan with AT&T for International was not making it easy to connect with people. So thanks to everyone who gave me tips on the phone plan. I've now switched to T-Mobile, so I'll have the unlimited data while I'm abroad. And I'm very excited to be also saving hundreds of dollars a month going to that. So definitely recommend that. And thank you for everyone who helped me get to that decision as well. And then last but not least, the thing that is more complicated is buying toiletries. Find contact solution in Portugal was not easy. And even sulfate-free shampoo in London was surprisingly hard. I had to go to a lot of places to find it. When you're in a routine that you already know, these things are not as difficult to do. Meanwhile, let's look at the contrast of how my life before in the U.S. was easier and more complicated, because this might also maybe even relate to your own life as well. And of course, you may have different experiences. So this is just my personal we'll start with, and then we'll talk about how we can evolve wherever we are on the spectrum. So when it comes to easy, first of all, consistent travel rules nationwide, no matter where you're going in the country, you drive on the same side of the road, you use the same types of airlines, you need just your driver's license, you don't have to worry about how many days you've been in one state versus another, like the Schengen rules and all of those sorts of things. You don't need visas, you don't need different money, things are easier. Also, you can drive your own car wherever I want, whenever I want. When I lived in the States, I didn't have to worry about what time the Ubers were going to be around in the morning in order to take myself to the airport, et cetera. Also, everyone here is English speaking, or you are expected that you speak English. So that's obviously a huge easier component to the U.S. And shopping was always available. Man, how many stores are everywhere in the U.S. compared to Europe? It's really shocking. You see how much shopping is so easily available. And then routine, that was easy. Everything was set it and forget it. The routines were set in place, and it was easy to communicate with everyone I knew at all times. The time zone differences weren't that different. I had full data and phone plans, et cetera. Now let's look at the complications. Here's what made that life at the same time that it was easier, also more complicated. I was consuming lots of different media sources. I had lots of commitments, social commitments that just kind of came up through my day-to-day life. I had lots of possessions to clean and care for. Even laundry, which is something that I have to do maybe one load or two loads if I want to wash my white jeans, that was a more, you know, complicated thing to do in some ways in the US, like just taking care of the day-to-day things that I had because I had so much more. I had the more extensive wardrobe, which made getting dressed more complicated. When I have less stuff, it is simpler to get dressed. It just is. Also, to set work hours. I had more complicated work hours. I would work from about 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. This is what I thought I had to do, but I've learned I have not been doing that on this trip and things have not fallen apart. Things are not going south. It was just how I was living my life before. I was doing work in a more complicated way. And also, I connected with everyone and did things that weren't always a priority because they were offered. So that was something that made things more complicated. If someone asked me to do something, and even if they didn't really bring me up or I didn't really feel like this was something that truly aligned with my values, it was easy to say yes and do it anyways. Overall though, I'll say after looking at both ways of living, I prefer the simpler, more difficult path. Why? Because the simpler and more difficult path led to more time doing things that are really important to me now, like exploring new places, meeting new people with different backgrounds, learning about new cultures, having moments of awe and wonder. That actually, that in and of itself has been the biggest blessing of the travel overall, is having these moments where you have no idea what to expect when you walk into a restaurant or you get to this new scenic view and you see whatever it is and you have maybe some little subtle expectation or totally no expectation at all and you are shocked at how this part of the world sees the world or whatever it is. I I can't even say, I don't know if you've had a moment of awe and wonder, but having those on a more regular basis has truly been something I couldn't really put a price tag on, actually. That's kind of the thing I can say. I can't really say when I will get them, and it's not always because I've purchased something, but just being able to have those moments of surprise and wonder in some part of the world has been amazing. I've been more present in the present moment, so I've not been thinking so far ahead. I haven't been planning. I've been flowing and taking the adventures that follow. I've reflected on my values and my priorities personally and with work. As I said, I've let some relationships go that I'm not choosing to continue to invest in, though I'm not making any amazingly dramatic statements to those people that I'm not connecting with as frequently. I'm just choosing to invest in the places, spaces, and people that I want to spend time with. And as other people maybe reach out to me, I don't have to be dismissive of them, but I also don't have to continue to cultivate a connection and reach out personally. So yes, I can respond, but I don't have to invest into those relationships that to me aren't bringing me what I would like to have in my life. And then also the work, like I said, not doing all of these things like a typical work day just because the people around me have that format in their culture. In the US, it is so easy to find a coffee shop on every corner where you can do work What's really interesting is when you get to Europe, it's less common. I think it's city by city, different in each place. But some of these big cities, it's not like you're going to find the easy to go to coffee place on every single corner where people are working. Usually they're engaging in reading or talking with their friends or family. They're into the social connections more than they are into the work. So that has been something that I've really found almost like as a difficulty, but at the same time has helped me to question and reprioritize how I approach work myself. It's also changed my perspective on life. I used to be very US-centric in the way of seeing things. I used to see the world through a very US lens. Now, having been out of it for three months, I can see the US way of seeing things and approaching life as a part of my worldview, but not the center of it now. Now I see it as a way that a portion of the people in the world view the world and I've grown up with it. I still have much of it within myself, but at the same time now I can question it. I can hold it with open hands and I can choose otherwise when I feel like it suits me better. In contrast to that, when it came to my previous life, the easy and more complicated path led to more time doing different things. For me, it led to more time working, but was that work really necessary? It led to more time connecting with people, but they may not have necessarily brought me higher. It (laughs) led me to more time watching TV shows, to be quite honest, at night. It led me to consuming lots of media. It led me to shopping for home stuff and clothing pretty frequently or much more frequently than I do now. And also because of those purchases, maintaining the things in my life, like the car and the house and my wardrobe was also something I spent more time on. Life on the easy and complicated path felt like it was often pleasant. I totally enjoyed parts of that as well, but often I was stressed out on autopilot. That's how I would describe it. It was like a pleasant, often stressed out autopilot. Meanwhile, the simpler and difficult path I'm on now often feels more exciting and challenging, And there's a moment to moment aliveness that I don't really feel like I had as often when I was on the easy and complicated path. So of course, please know that these are my experiences. This is my before and after. You already may be at my after in your stable life, wherever you may be, or maybe you're traveling and you're choosing an easy and complicated path instead of the one I've chosen. But the great news is if you're intrigued by this simpler and more difficult path and finding ways to incorporate it into a stable life, I'd love to share some ideas and insights I have as I think about what my simple and difficult path may look like as I begin to set more roots at some point in the future, which I can also attest to wanting to, you know, literally incorporate in my life or how you could kind of adjust the life you already have little by little through these thoughts. And some of these examples I'm giving you aren't just theoreticals, These are actually things looking back on my own life in Austin and in Ann Arbor that I could have done back then to incorporate this very literally. These are really personal examples of things I used to limit myself to, which could have led to a more simpler and difficult life. So here are the thoughts to simplify a life that has more roots, like maybe you have an actual home or a base or maybe you have family, etc., I would like to have very few home possessions, at least to start when I go back into the idea of having a place to live because there's less to maintain, there's more money for travel. So if you're interested in trying to seriously hone down your possessions, the life-changing magic of tidying up is a great resource to get started with if you really wanna try out her process and approach. But I'll be honest and say, I did the life-changing magic of tidying up back in Austin and I was always someone who loved exfoliating things. There is something totally different (laughs) about getting rid of everything you own and then not having a home. So now I've just had a bigger shift in that, but I could say that you could even try to take a ton of the stuff that you have, like whatever portion feels like a ton to you. Maybe it's 30%. Maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 80%. Just taking a lot of things down and storing them in your clothing and your possessions, putting them somewhere else where you don't see them day to day to see what it would be like in order to live with less possessions. You don't have to get rid of them at any point immediately, but just could be interesting to simplify them, to see what living in that lifestyle would be like. And then making choices based on the data that you collect from that. Do you like that? Do you not pull back the things that you wish that you still had, etc. Also, I would like to only continue to invest in relationships that bring me higher. So this doesn't mean I'm having dramatic conversations with people that don't bring me higher. It just means I'm not reaching out to them and I'm not trying to invest in them from my own accord. Will I respond to them? Absolutely. Does it mean I have to take every invitation that they give me? Not at all. So just trying to let things kind of settle naturally over time and not putting any pressure on myself one way or another to spend a ton of time with them or not. Also, to continue to keep a simple approach to media, TV, and personal development. I no longer want to have a million points of personal development I have to do. And I've been pretty good about honing that in, but even less now. I really am doing the things that truly move the needle for me. Also, keeping that a simple approach to television, I think that would be the one thing that would be tempting to keep bringing back in that routine and the States that I've had of watching television at night is... It's just something that I could see myself struggling a little bit with, but something that I would like to keep an eye on as well. And then media overall, keeping my media consumption extremely limited just to the pieces of media that bring me higher and help me focus on things that really mean something to me. When it comes to the difficult, and this is when I say difficult, I'm not saying this in a negative way. You could use the word challenging. If the word difficult seems stressful for you, totally swap it out for challenging or growth field or whatever other word you would like. But for me, I don't look at the difficulty as bad. I think it's making me stronger, just stronger in different ways. So for difficult, in order to add more of that aspect into your life, my suggestions if you have roots are to explore new cultures locally which really means cultivating a travel mindset. And I can tell you if I listened to this episode while I was living in Austin or Ann Arbor, this would be the hardest one for me to truly do without having traveled previously. So I'll say that this one's probably the most challenging one to, at least for me looking back on it, actually cultivate. But if you can, or if I could have gotten myself to actually do this, I would have seen probably the best results in terms of feeling how I feel every day as I'm traveling. So cultivating the travel mindset and exploring new cultures, it's so easy to just go to the cultures you already agree with, you already know, you already like. But that doesn't mean you can't put yourself in that uncomfortable situation of going somewhere new. And when I think back to my life before, there was a beautiful Buddhist temple in Austin, in Hyde Park, right around the corner from where I lived for a full year. I used to go get smoothies at the Juiceland right near this Buddhist temple. I used to run by this Buddhist temple almost every day. I was constantly going past it. I was constantly intrigued, but I never went inside." Looking back on that, if I was now in Bangkok or I was in Nepal or I was in India and I saw a Buddhist temple, I would be sure to go there. That would be the whole point of going to that culture. So I would be sure to go in even though that discomfort, that newness would be the same. It's just that I'm not used to feeling that way here in the US, so I wouldn't have felt as comfortable to do it. In the travel mindset though, That's when you decide to actually go out there and seek out these experiences. So that's something that looking back, I would love to explore. Or maybe you have something like that in your area that's always kind of piqued your curiosity, but you've maybe not made the time or you felt a little nervous going to seek it out. That would be something you could do to explore a new culture locally. Also new cuisines. I've been around so many different places now and so many different people that foods that I previously said I wouldn't want to try or I wouldn't like. I was very set into I don't like Indian food. Now I love Indian food. And every time I go to London, I have to go to Dishoom as many times as possible. So that has opened me up, recognizing I don't have to not like the things I used to not like. I eat mussels all over Europe. I used to never eat mussels. When I was with Mr. Lively for five years, I never ate mussels. He ordered them all the time. I Never did. Now I eat them all the time. I'm opening myself up to new cuisines. There was an Ethiopian restaurant in Ann Arbor that I never went to, had no interest in going to. And now looking back on it, that would have been something that could have opened me up to new cultures in the area I already was. And speaking of new cultures and exploring new events, I had the University of Michigan right around the corner in Ann Arbor. I could have gone to more events, concerts and lectures that could expose me to different mindsets but just different ways of thinking that I could have really engaged in more than I ever did. I could have enjoyed looking up Tai Chi classes or learning something else along those lines or I could have signed up for a foreign language class. And what's cool about the foreign language classes is it may have actually introduced me to other people of international descent as well. So I didn't have to necessarily travel to meet people from Croatia or travel to meet people from Paris. I could actually join a class that's teaching a new language and the odds are there may be other people within that class that are from different places around the world. So I could have made new friends with people all over the world right where I was. In addition, one of the great things about doing this and the simplifying side of the equation, which we've already covered, is that it gives you more time to reflect in your work about what's most important to you. So personally, having this new perspective and approach to life has given me more time to reflect on the status quo that I had cultivated, hours upon hours of research for these guests that I was interviewing and the episodes that I was creating for you versus doing the deep work to really look into what this transformation I'm going through in my own life is having on me and how it could benefit you as well. And in recognizing that, and also just making the shift from the easy and complicated point of view in life to the simpler and more difficult, even just that shift alone has been something that I want to impart with you. And hopefully these episodes, as I've been doing them solo on my own with you, have helped you make some of those shifts in your own life or think about them as well. That is a big thing for me. That was a big shift. And hopefully for yourself too, with more time on your hands, you'll be able to do the deeper, more difficult work. Maybe there's a book you've been constantly pushing off. Maybe there's a project that you've been afraid to start because you've been so busy in the easy and complicated life you had before. The simpler and more difficult path will give you that access to the deeper level of meaning and also the time to do the more difficult things in your life that are ultimately more meaningful to you. And of course, deeply reflecting on relationships and what they bring to you and cultivating the ones that bring you higher and allowing the ones that do not to slowly find their settle point where you don't keep reinvesting in them, but you do respond in a kind and joyous way. And of course, planning less and flowing more. You've heard me talk about that, how much on the show so far. That's something that I've noticed that Americans are big planners. And in Europe, there's not so much of that planning. I used to see the feeds on my Instagram talking about fall wardrobes and thinking about what they were going to you know, look forward to in the fall with their pumpkin chai lattes back when I was still in Europe in early August and late July, whereas the people in Europe that I was meeting were so excited about their summer vacations in August. So I think that we can definitely not plan so far ahead. We don't have to plan out our fall wardrobes. We can buy what we need when needed. We can stop thinking about fall in August and appreciate that it's still a 80 degrees in many places, or you know, even the 70s, instead of waiting and thinking about how it's going to get to 60, let's keep appreciating this 75 degree day, this 80 degree day, this 65 degree day, this 90 degree, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be fall because the temperatures are slowly going into that direction. And of course, I think a simpler approach to holidays and events after all of this travel now and doing this flow For me, I just definitely could see myself taking this approach and just kind of winging it with those things instead of planning so much because I think so much of that planning creates this idea of overwhelm and complication that simply doesn't need to be there. And of course, I would set aside more time and resources for travel. This is at least for me, something that is super important. And when I look back, I could have done this even where I was in greater ways. I could have gone to local destinations like going to wine country in Michigan I could have taken the train to Chicago to see friends more and stay with them. So this wouldn't have had to even be super expensive, just the train ticket and going to stay with friends and sleeping on their sofas. Or we could even build systems into our lives so that we can go abroad for longer stretches. That's something we can also do when we take this simpler and more difficult approach it may not be easy to create those systems but by going through that difficulty by going through that challenge and finding ways to make it work we could have the benefits of longer travel abroad experiences So overall, there is no right or wrong with either approach. Whichever way you look at it, maybe your life is somewhere on this spectrum. It is truly a sliding scale. And even my own life has been on different points of this scale. And as my life continues to unfold, as I have a partner or a family in the future or a home, this may look different for me. I may go further onto the easy and more complicated side of the scale again. We can play with all levels of it and observe the results, but the cool thing is to know there is a scale and we can adjust it accordingly as we feel like making shifts. You can even do this even for a small amount of time and just do like a 30-day You know, travel mindset for yourself where you put those possessions in storage. You take time to make sure that you travel to different areas locally or abroad in that time. You don't reach out to the people that you wouldn't be able to communicate with while you're in Europe anyways. You would be able to limit your media consumption and your television habits as well. You could do those things for a period of 30 days if that sounds fun to you. If it sounds like you're just making your life more complicated, of course, don't do that. Find ways to maybe eliminate one thing at a time and see how it goes. It's totally up to you how you do this. You could even stop shopping for that period of time because that's one of the things when I'm traveling. I Shopping is such a, <laughs> an interesting experience when you only have so much room because you know you have to carry it with you up all these flights of stairs and you only have so much room to make the suitcase close. So that has been something you could also try in your life just to see what it's like to go without having to think about that part of your life. Overall, I'm so grateful that I've been able to live both sides of the spectrum, not only because I can share this with you in this episode, but also it's kind of like data collecting. That's what our life is here to do, to collect the data and figure out what we don't want. And sometimes we need to know in order to know what we do want, we need to know what we don't want. As Abraham Hicks says, sometimes you need to live in a house with less closets to know you want a house with more closets. So that's kind of this idea is sometimes you have to have the complicated in order to know that you want the simpler. Or sometimes you want to change things up in a dramatic way in order to know that there are other things you can do that will bring more benefits in your life. That's my big message for you guys here today is to recognize when is the easy and more complicated approach, pleasant, but ultimately kind of leaving you maybe stuck or listless or lifeless or stuck thinking that you're lacking something if you see the simpler and more difficult path in others. So maybe you have friends or family that are doing a lot of travel or doing things that might look more visibly different from you or maybe even looking at my experience right now. How can you incorporate some of those simpler, more difficult aspects into your own life as well? That is such an exciting thing to think about and truly is what I will be looking into doing more in my own life as well. When I do come back or don't come back or wherever I do end up setting roots, not sure when that will happen. I think more and more I'm realizing personally that I I might just be where I need to be. I know the, a few weeks ago I did an episode on what to do when you don't know. About a week after that, ironically, I started to recognize that maybe I do know, maybe this is what I'm doing right now. Maybe not having a home is my home. Maybe that's what I know right now. So for you, maybe there's some other knowing that's going on in your life, I'm not sure. But maybe even the not knowing is your own knowing as well. And As you're going through that not knowing, simplifying your life and finding the ways to do that difficult self-reflection and that more challenging self-reflection can be truly powerful. And shaking out of a little bit of the easy and complicated parts of our lives can be a refreshing take so that we can really make sure that what we're doing is something that is truly derived from our values So overall, I would invite you to think about your life and to think about are there ways you would love to simplify or add more challenge or depth or more reflection? And can you loosen the hold of the complications and the expectations you've had so that you can have that access to the simpler and more difficult path that might lead you to a new direction or a new level of understanding about yourself, your community, and what's truly most important to you. And there you have it. Before I share where I'm going next week, I'd love to share a bit about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys know, I love FreshBooks. They're bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners that makes it super simple to do your bookkeeping without having to think about it, no matter where you live in the world. It's super simple to send PayPal invoices and your tracking of your expenses is incredibly easy. I was talking with a friend in Portland while I was there about bookkeeping and getting a bookkeeper. And as we were discussing it, I realized that because I have FreshBooks and because they auto-import all of my credit card expenses easily and automatically for me, I don't even have to think about the bookkeeping level of difficulty that my friend who has a bookkeeper and spends a lot of money per month to have that person has to deal with. It's much simpler for me. So even if I do get a bookkeeper, which I'm exploring, I've realized just using FreshBooks and having them jump into my FreshBooks system, that in and of itself is going to save them so much time and myself so much time and money in the process. So if you want to give FreshBooks a try for 30 days for free, just give it a shot, get your systems in place, and see how you like it. You can go over to freshbooks.com backslash lively to give it a shot. As I've said, I've been using it since 2012 and I truly love this service. Now, as far as where I'm going next week, next week I am going to Dublin. I've never been to Ireland and I've been hearing wonderful things about Dublin and their food scene in particular, which has me very excited to test it out and see what it is like. So I'll be there for most of the second week of my European trip that I'm back in September and then I'll be headed back to London. If you have any suggestions for me on the Dublin stuff, by the way, though, please send them to me on Instagram or Twitter. I would love to hear your suggestions on where I should go and what I should do. Also, I'll be doing another London meetup the following week. So not next week, but the week after that, I'll be doing a London meetup for those there in the UK. So if you want to meet me, find the details that I'll be sharing on Instagram at Jess C as in Cambridge Lively. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.